Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, episode 121. I am Nicole, and I you are... I am Single White Medusa. Yesterday was someone's birthday. I think it was Val Kilmer's birthday. <laughs> oh, and someone else's, too. <laughs> right. Someone no, else... Yeah, Val Kilmer's birthday is the 31st, and my, oh. mine, Chaos Actual, is the 29th. Yes. I share a birthday with Ted Danson. That's true. John Voigt. Your birthday buddies. And the late Mary Tyler Moore. Oh. And maybe Jude Law. Yes, maybe Jude I remember Law. that was yeah. one of your birthday buddies. I'm going to vote for John Voigt. Like and him. I think a president, too. But, like, mm. not not a good one. <laughs> like, not one that did anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he did stuff. But, like, 100 years later, who cares? Not a really well-known one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I see so. that no one missed us. No, in podcasting, in the pod is in the world of pod as they call this. Uh, this is known as limbo week, where people really don't do much because they're really because you know basically government has taken the week off from ruining everything. But did you notice yesterday government didn't take the week off? I did notice, and yeah. I'm PO'd. They made sure that uh, the courts worked, or at least one court did. One court. One very yeah. special They court. made sure to wrap that up and make sure that she was, and we're talking about Ghislaine Maxwell, make sure that she was found guilty. Um, no, they did not want her to give up any information about who all the people were that were engaged in this criminal activity, like they normally do with crime. Say, hey... If you tell us who's who's moving the merch, you know, then we'll give you a reduction in sentence. Mm-hmm. But they, the U.S. government wanted nothing to do with any more names. Uh, and so they wrapped it up uh, while everybody was busy, you know, with uh, Black Tuesday and Weird Friday and Boxing Day. Boxing Day and, you know, Go to the Mall Day and Fat Day and Super Fat Day and... <laughs> Jammy day. And day before do- New Year's Eve day. Day before New Year's Day. You know, everything's a freaking holiday for December. What are we, Italy? I know. Or Greece. <laughs> so they made sure that when everybody was sufficiently swollen with fat and sugar and their credit cards were maxed out, but they were still in this like, well, everybody's still with us for the week. Mm-hmm. So we got to keep the fun going. You know, but it's all, if you're in that, you're just phoning it in now and you're you're living for January 2nd, and you pray to the deities that you believe in, that those damn United Pilots do not strike so that you can get Aunt and Uncle Fat on the airplane back to Fatville, (laughs) and you can get on a treadmill and eat a salad. Maybe I'm speaking a little too personally. I've been trapped in these situations, man. There's nothing like living for the leaving of relatives. And I don't mean you, Mom, who listens to this podcast. I love oh. you. But other relatives? Uh, oh, please. <laughs> please. There's a lot of business here. You've, you've committed a, a felony today. And here you are drinking your felony. Now, we're talking about the wine glass full of wine that you just ripped off from Gulfstream. St- Gulf, Gulf Gulfstream, because you didn't want to drink the whole thing. You ripped it off for me. Right. <laughs> they gave me a really big glass of wine because they gave it to us in two, and they're like, hey, we split it for you guys, <laughs> not knowing that Nick doesn't drink. And then once I kind of combined them, even after I, like, drank some of one, I was like, this is, like, a really big glass of wine. <laughs> so I was like, we're going to be sitting here forever 
Um, and so I asked for a to-go cup, and they didn't have any. So I just was like, stole it. Let's just borrow the glass. We'll bring it back because we will. Because I've done that. Not with that, but I've done that with other stuff before. You've like, stolen before. No, but people have given us, like, champagne stopper thingies, and I bring them back. Like, that's just what we do. So, like, I'm not worried about it. We'll bring it back. Yeah. But um, I don't like to drink fast. Like, I like to... I was like, this will last me for a good amount of time. The reason I don't drink anymore is because I like to drink you fast. You like to drink fast. <laughs> Exactly. So uh, uh, they wrapped up Ghislaine, and uh, they did quite quite a good job at that. And uh, they made sure, as they as they turned off the lights in the court, that all the evidence was sealed forever, and no one could look into it. See. And so what that tells you is there was some major stuff. There there. was some really bad stuff that would have basically brought like I mean it's it, it is a conservative, and I don't mean this in the political sense, but like people who are talking about this and analyze this and we actually listen to a really great podcast today martyr podcast or something like that it had the name martyr in it yeah. what was it martyr but some one of my, one of my twitter friends hipped me to that so we'll post that and that guy did an excellent breakdown of sort of epstein um, and just really bringing it all together and really painting the picture that epstein was espionage run that it was more about that but you know obviously there was this but I think a lot of the people, when I go back to the word conservative, are conservatively saying, that's the usage I'm using it in, they're conservatively saying, like, there is every possibility that the information revealed in the court, in the trial, would have actually brought down a few governments. And I say, I'm fine with that. I used to say, you know, uh, because of just, you know, my view on life or, you know, whatever, I used to say, well, there are there are some secrets that are worth protecting in the government, and sometimes you don't want to know how the stakes are cut. But I have moved to the position of, I think we've abused the sacred trust and the secrets, and, you know, uh, you don't want to know how the stakes are cut, and you need me on that wall, and all that kind of stuff. Like, this government needs about 20 years of telling the truth and no more secrets. I so agree with you. I used to think the same thing, but I've got to say, here's what I imagined. And I'm assuming it's maybe what you imagined. I assumed it was like when we watched 24 and Jack Bauer had to torture a couple of bad guy, um, Muslim, Taliban, uh, whatever guys. And he had to torture them because if he didn't, like the whole U.S. was going to get blown up or something. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't like torture, but like I can see how it would be needed for something like that. That's the kind of thing I thought that was like the state secrets that they couldn't let people know. And I was like, cool with that. Cause I'm like, okay, they really have to do it to save the country. I didn't know so that that involved with cool with torture. No, 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 no. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, I didn't know that involved pedophilia. I would not have like signed up for that. I don't think like we thought that that included that when well, we had that thought process. I, I, yeah. And I would honestly say I have a pretty dark and twisted mind and, and I know a lot of things and I never thought that either. And at the end of the day, it took me a long time to understand that, like, most people are infinitely naive yes. about how things really are. And that's a wonderful, wonderful gift if you don't know how bad it is. I thought I knew how bad it was, certain experiences I had in my life. But I would say, no, no, like, there are levels of depravity that you cannot even imagine. And that's what and they count on. Then this was a this was a window into that level of depravity. And unfortunately, it did seem to involve um, 
people who run the world. That would be the only excuse for this. This isn't about Bill Clinton. He hasn't run the world in a long time. And and the argument is that maybe he never really did. Mm -hmm. He was definitely a pawn. Um, Maybe Hillary Clinton has, you know, forced herself into a player position. But still, to silence this trial about Bill Bill Clinton getting a massage from a 22-year-old girl... I mean, this is all like it isn't about Bill Clinton. There were people who weren't named that would have collapsed civilization. And and like like the judge said, there are things in here that would inflame the public. Well, what do you mean by that? Do you like because the public is always inflamed now? That's like that's that's a standard. What what the judge said is there is something so egregious in here. And again, we do have to remember this is a Biden appointed judge who was given a a higher position at the appellate level or the federal level um, after this trial. So there, the the judge was definitely paid off. Yep. And come sue me, judge. I'd love to go into court and talk about that with everybody with you and talking about how you just basically wrapped up the biggest criminal conspiracy in the world that no one can ever investigate after Joe Biden and his administration gave you a promotion to a basically an unimpeachable position. In the federal government, please come sue me for slander. Let's go to court and let's disclose all that. I will spend my GE money, my half of it, on uh, hiring some really great lawyers to get into your life. I'm pretty sure we know of some uh, would organizations that would do it as well, that would get in on it. Yeah, bring on the discovery. Yeah, Can't wait. Exactly. I love discovery. <laughs> um, so uh, that was, I think, the only thing that we can say. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I have some feelings about it. I have a, f- a feeling that if you do, okay, let's, I'll give you the spiritual feeling and all that kind of stuff. And again, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to listen to this podcast and we don't jam it down your throat. And we love everybody and blah, blah, blah. But here's one thing that I did notice that really has been happening a lot. And it's, it sort of goes back to that phrase that man plans and God laughs. And it's very interesting that everything the left and the globalists tried to do, let's take Donald Trump, with him, all the things that they tried to do came back to haunt them and that they were actually true with Joe Biden. He is insane. He is most likely a foreign agent. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is incompetent and most likely incontinent. You know, like you can almost go back and verbatim and look at the four years of the accusations that were labeled against Trump by the media, just constantly throwing monkey poop at the walls all day long. And now dead silence as Joe Biden literally loses his marbles in front of everybody. And I would say loses in integrity, but everybody in Washington never assumed Joe Biden had any kind of integrity ever, Mm -mm. you know? And, And remember, I'm not the only person saying this. Barack Obama has said these things. Yeah. So, you know, that's a guy who's probably as polar opposite of me as it gets. And he had the same assessment. And he's actually apparently tried to have uh, Biden medically impeached even as recent as six months ago. So what uh, stuns me about all of this is that generally the government, which I, I would say this, I don't know that we have a government anymore. I think what we have is a criminal conspiracy that is preying upon us. And we really ought to do something about that. And if you're expecting someone else to do something about it, no one's going to do anything about it. You should do something about it. Whatever you can, you should do something about it. We should all do something about it. This really needs to stop. Because if we think there was just a lone Epstein, nope, lots of Epsteins. 
Lots of Epstein's out there. They're all doing it. And I don't want to be in a nation or part of a nation that somehow needs to justify that to keep the lights on and pay the bills. Nah, let's break it all. Let's let's become China. Let's get overrun by Mexico. I don't know. But if that's the best that we can do, then I, I don't want any part of that. I agree. And that's that uh, Catherine Austin Fitz Solari report thing of are you willing to push the red button? There's this red button you can push... And it is will... that the Chardonnay talking? Or is... No, no, no. That's the oh, real okay. thing. <laughs> and it will, I mean, we've talked about it once before, I think, on here. But like, and it will reset everything. But you'll also kind of lose all your perks and everything like that. Because things will fall apart. As in, because everything that we have is built on so much of this terrible corruption that most of us never knew about. And now we realize. And like, most people are actually not willing to push that red button. But I think we're saying... Oh, we're willing. And yeah. I think most of our listeners, like, I think, like, our crowd is like, no, we're willing. Like, <laughs> we've already been preparing for things to fall apart because we think they're going to fall apart anyway. And, yeah, like, no, that's not worth it. Yeah. I don't care. Like, let's let it fall apart and let's rebuild it. But, like, we don't want it if it means that people, are, kids are being abused and stuff like that. No. Last night, no you're dangerously close to coffee liqueur. <laughs> Last night, uh, the Medusa took me to a Michelin restaurant for my birthday. And we had a wonderful, we sat at the bar and we had a nice time and, and everything like that. And uh, at the end of the night, we were having a dessert. And I said, well, maybe she'd like a liqueur to the bartender. And the bartender named off some liqueurs. And I was like, no, how about some dessert wine? Because I knew you kind of wanted a dessert oh. wine, really. And oh. then, but you locked in on coffee liqueur. Well, because I thought you wanted me to have a liqueur. And I, said, I said dessert I said, wine, but I'm like, oh, you want me to have a liqueur. But this is how the conversation how the really one? went. I said, no, I, I don't think that's good. I want a coffee liqueur. Because she'd had a few drinks already. And when, see, sorry, see, guys. that's Even the kind of Even when I turn the volume down, yeah. like it rings loud. Sorry. Whenever she has too many drinks, she gets really breathy and sings something. I want coffee liqueur. Like almost like a little three-year-old. <laughs> And I go, and I'm thinking like coffee liqueur. Chances that that is distilled from coffee. And Medusa has sleeping problems. Funny coincidence. <laughs> I couldn't sleep well for the first half of the night. <laughs> I was like, oh, in the morning. Do you think it was the coffee liqueur? I want a coffee I liqueur. I guess that was a mistake. <laughs> Never do it again. <laughs> but it's cute. You you are fun when you have a few few too many. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't get weird or bad. No, or you're 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 pleasant and, de- and a delight. <laughs> but it, it is hard. I've had that situation before. It is hard to talk you out of like the thing that you want to do. I actually wanted dessert wine. I thought you wanted me to have a liqueur, I, and that's why that was the only I, one I could remember. I repeatedly suggested the dessert wine. Really? Yes. Oh, that's what I wanted. I like dessert wine better. But you're I want a coffee liqueur. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> misunderstanding. I want a cuvassier. It was, it was very that delightful. was another one. Another time. <laughs> I want a cuvassier. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what are we working on here? Well, we had one more thing, but it's quite a lengthy thing. Good, so, like depending it. on how much commentary you want to do, I don't know if we have time for it all, but we can start it and we'll see how long it takes us. I will riff and scat and bebop all over your commentary like Miles Davis blowing that horn we'll either do the first half of it or we'll do the whole thing depending on a two-parter show we did have a big discussion today because i have a big meeting tomorrow with my partner in crime over at galaxy's edge fiction we always uh wrap up the year and we and i encourage everybody to do this i think this is a, a good thing to do but if you have a business partner or maybe you have a marriage partner or whatever kind of partner i find that about lunch on the 31st of the year it's a good idea 
to both of you sit down and kind of go over what happened last year. We go over what we did wrong, what we could do better, and what we did right. And then we uh, talk about our plans for the year going forward. We have a lot of really, I mean, this is going to be a really big year for for Galaxy's Edge and our new publishing imprint, Wargate Books. We already have two season, two two new series uh, that are like Forgotten Ruin, which is that's the Wargate concept, which is modern military unit, uh, fantasy fiction kind of world like J.R.R. Tolkien or you know Game of Thrones, but better. And um, and then a Perpetual Taco Machine, which is a forge that can make anything you want. And that is basically roughly the Wargate concept. And we already have two authors who have come in. And they, um, one is almost on the verge of, actually both are almost on the verge of completing three book series. And so we're going to begin to drop those in February. So that's like we're stepping into the world of micro-publishing in a very definite, we've kind of been micro-publishing but now we're stepping into the world of micro-publishing. And since Jason and I both have the same belief system, we end the year with a a prayer appealing to God uh, for help uh, to cover our obvious weaknesses, and we also thank him for doing that. And so I think that's, a you know, whether you prayer part or not, or maybe you could meditate, light a candle, or, you know, I don't know. And I also think people could do this if they're a single person. You know, they, yeah. you can do this yourself. But I, I think it's definitely a good thing to you do would. at the end of the year. You would. Ju- I would. You sure. would. You would journal it. I, I mean, I've always been someone who, at least, yeah, I always think when things don't go right, I for sure think like, what could I have done better? And sometimes, there, it's not everything because I really try to be honest about this thing I couldn't have known. Like. It's not that hindsight 2020 thing. Like some of the stuff you're like, I made the best decision with the information I had. Now I can see that it wasn't right. Right. But like, and I look back like, well, could I have made a different decision? Like, no, I think with what I knew, that was the decision that made the most sense. But anyway, like, but you think like sometimes there are things that you're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. here's what I could have done better. And I think that's so helpful. But then I make goals. And then I do, like, action steps for how to, like, achieve those goals. And I don't know. That works for me. I want a coffee liqueur. (laughs) My mom has a really great phrase for absolving you of the guilt. of When you look back at your life and you're like, ah, crap, I could have done that better. And she always says, like, if you'd have known better, you would have done better. Yeah, exactly. And it's giving you this default thing of, like, yeah, if if I had known, I would have done better. I mean, there's times where you got to look at it and go, like, nah. I just wanted to do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you're like, yeah, yeah, I could have done this better, and that was a dumb decision. But then sometimes you're like, no, like, with all the information I had, that really was still what I would have chosen now, if I only had that information. Yeah. Now I have more, but I didn't have that then, so. And then we spent the last half of our tax-deductible GE lunch today going over my writing schedule and how I approached the new year, because I needed to make some adjustments because some things were getting in the way of my word count and blah, blah, blah. So I think we, I think I, I feel very good about, I'm going to start my new year tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Get a little head start. Yeah. And Two then I'm, I'm going to be rolling into, is new year on Sunday? So it's already the no. second. New year's Eve is Friday and new year's day is Saturday. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, so then you'll take Sunday off. So it's already the third by most, by the day you tr- you're trying to shove aunt so. and uncle fat out the door. Because, so. you know, they're like, well, why don't we just stay another weekend? Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. You've been here for two weekends, Aunt and Uncle Fat. <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad for your Aunt and Uncle. <laughs> I don't have any. I know. Exactly. They're all dead. I know. 
I wouldn't want to be called Aunt and Uncle Fat. And, uh, and, and it, it's not even like I'm just, I, I, all my aunts and uncles are really great. I always, yeah. They were a lot of fun. I'm using this as code for other people. Exactly. This, yeah. You like to make characters. These are just characters that you're making up for sure. These are people that don't really exist in our lives. Right. <laughs> but the truth of it is, is like, I don't care. I mean, like there are freaks that are like, I love it. You know, in the chat. Hey, chat. Hey, comments. Let's be like quarantine coof. Hey, chat. Uh, Mr. Mercator, whatever he goes by. That guy's a lot of fun. Mr. Medicare. Medicare. Um, leave in a comment. Are you are you the kind of the person that like likes everybody to come over for the holidays and like you just cannot get enough of it and like, or are you like us and you're like you're literally like, hey, well, you know, we could get out to the airport six hours early today. You know, like that last day, you just lick, you go to bed the night before and you're like, oh, we'll be able to walk around naked around the house. And my big thing is I run the air conditioning, even in the dead of winter, I run the air just conditioning. Just at night, you mean, yeah. right? Because like, I like, like white noise. Yeah, yeah. And we like to like um, be under the covers and yeah. like it's cold outside, yeah. but you're like warm under the covers. Ice yeah. station zebra. It helps us. But whenever that. anybody stays with me, they're like, hey. They're like, it's freezing. <laughs> no, I know. That's how I get them not to stay with me. And then they learn and they don't stay with me anymore. Exactly. But, I mean, like, if you're, if our relatives. I'm a really, lived, as you can tell from this podcast, I'm a really wonderful person. But if our relatives lived in town, it would just be, hey, everyone come over, one big dinner, and then that's the holidays. And that's fine. But it's like when people live out of town from each other, then it becomes a much longer. Or but that's thing. not how it works. When your relatives are in town, it's like. Well, my point is, if it's they like, live in town. You have to, you have to have two birthday dinners. Because, you oh, know, Pop Pop can't make it to the second birthday dinner. And then you have to have a lunch. You know, like, like you, you're, like, I've noticed, like, with your family, they're not listening to this podcast, but they could someday. So I'm not saying anything unkind, but, like, you guys turn get-togethers into, like, you, you like, you have to chew your arm off at, to get away from your, like, the amount of get-togethers that you guys have. Like, you can't. I don't know if it's as much anymore, but it, it, it used, it to, used be to be worse get togethers. And I think if your, your family did listen to this, there are ones that would say, yeah, you're right. It's way too much. <laughs> but at, like, at I remember one be, year, but... like when you and I were first together and, and sometimes not together and you went home to live for six for months summer. before you went to New York and yeah. you, you were like, it was a lot of get togethers. <laughs> it's like, for uh, me. and they were getting like, together over the nice, same thing. Like but it was just this graduation party. And then I'd call up and you'd be like, we'll I have to go to another graduation party. I'm like, but you, you already went to that one. And you're like, well, this is the other one for that half of the family. And like, it was like every, it was like, sometimes it was like twice a weekend. There were things. All, all I know is, yeah, it was, more, but I'm a super introvert. It was just more get togethers than I'm comfortable with because I was more like, I had a pretty good time at the first one. But, like, one or two days later, I don't have anything new to talk about yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, talked about everything already. Like, I need a little more still, store, still, store up time. <laughs> still doing opera, Nicole? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep still doing it. <laughs> I need a little more recharge. That's all. <laughs> but I love Whatever. everyone. If you ask me this next week, I'm going to gut you with that pastry knife. <laughs> That's what you would have eventually said. Exactly. You. So you would have eventually killed your whole family. No, never. I would kill myself before I'd kill them. And I'm against suicide, so I wouldn't even do that. No. Nope. Yeah. I would just, I'd go off and be alone <laughs> if I needed to, which is what I do. Yes. So. And having said all that, why are we doing this podcast if we like being alone? Well, because we love these people. This is the perfect 
relationship. This podcast and the audience is our perfect relationship. All we're doing is turning a mic on and we're talking and we talk anyway. Babbling like two girls. <laughs> yeah, we actually just talk like this. Yeah. So it's still just... it's still weird because we're both introverts, but we have this need because we're performers. And we have this need to like, and I say this not in a Jack Murphy way. <laughs> I won't say anything because mom listens to the podcast, but the Medusa has been traumatized. So disturbed. Traumatized. So traumatized and disturbed. If you know, you know. And if you know, too. you know. If you don't, don't even worry about it. Even, if you don't know who Jack Murphy don't is, don't go looking. Don't, you don't want to Chat, don't go looking. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So. But, I was going to say expose ourselves in a Jack Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. see you can always tell veteran plus, veteran veteran theater people because they love the innuendo no but it's because it's too close to the actual truth of this no, no, particular no, like, situation we don't want to expose ourselves like jack murphy i know but, but see see that reaction see that reaction chat <laughs> see that reaction that is how you can tell the medusa is a veteran theater performer because like you have to do like when you do how many times you do West Side Story? Actual performances or like separate productions? No, imaginary performances. Yeah, how many times did you? I'm saying actually perform? like yeah. oh like tons because I did seven shows a, a week hundred. for like two months. You did Plus, a, a yeah. hundred, hundred hundred times. Easily, yeah, yeah. probably so a little over. When you do a play and you've probably done Carmen like fifty times. Yeah. Yeah, you, when you do plays and theaters and musical theater, especially opera, because it's all regurge. You know, you, you're doing the same thing for 200 years. Um, the musical theater performers, and especially the gay dudes... Oh, especially r- the gay dudes. ...really get into innuendos. Boy, do they. Because it's the only way that you can... I mean, it's not the only way. It's the way... It's, it is the dark path that they have chosen to keep motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, and so... And, and it gets like... You can really tell, like, when they've lost their minds... When everything is an innuendo, you're like, it, I'll yeah. put this on the table, and they're all, that's what she said. <laughs> well, they, they I'm so sad and lonely. That's what, they say that's what he said for sure. Cause no, but I'm just guys, saying but... like, I, they would say things, and I'd be like, that's not even an innuendo. I know, like it, it got that way you at know. the opera, like. But they they were the just so guys, far gone. I was like, you know, what? Like, it's like it's like a muscle you can't yeah. turn off. I'm like, no, guys, that doesn't yeah. even make sense. And you're like, yeah, but that's how I know you're a true performer. What I can say, expose yourself like Jack Murphy. But that's because that's exactly that situation like it's not like just a random innuendo that's literally the jack murphy story and don't look it up because it's disturbing and no the, i'm using it as a metaphor right, i'm using exactly. exposing jack murphy as a metaphor see <laughs> i know but it's too close <laughs> anyway it's disturbing because and because we're not going to get into detail but he's not even someone that we majorly followed but sometimes we would watch tim pool and he was like a fairly regular guest on there. Like I think he would go on there once a week, but maybe not even. And he was he was perpetrating being sort of like an apex alpha male dude, which is always a big like, you know, phony sign. I've never not seen one of those guys be like super phony. Yeah. So we weren't like totally fans of him, but we we were just like whatever. But he was. I'm not saying I'm an alpha male, but I do have 16 inch biceps. <laughs> exactly. And anyway. Jack Murphy had a major fall this past week, and that's all we're going to say. And then you heard our innuendos, so you can probably guess. But anyway, uh, don't look it up, because it's really disturbing. <laughs> but do we have time to talk about our, our big thing? Shall we start it? Yeah, let's get it started. It's the end of the year. This is this is the podcast, mm-hmm. Chief. So, 
This? When we come back next year, it's going to be a whole new podcast. It's going to be 50-50 for the uh, paid subscribers and 50-50 for the unpaid subscribers. And, and uh, I think we're going to do some cool new deep dives, too, and things like that, like our own little versions of documentaries and things like that. Cool. Those will be behind the paid, paid thing. So give yourself a gift for New Year's Day and subscribe to the channel uh, because that goes directly into the Medusa's Widow Fund. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, we heard about this. Should I say where we heard about it from first? Please. From a pastor that we listen to every week because he does... Well, the, the, the chat knows him because that's the guy that's doing the religious exemption. Oh, that's right. And many of them have said, like, oh, yeah, I want that. So cool. They, they're cool. They know Yeah, that so that's J.D. Farag. He's at the Calvary Chapel in Hawaii. We go to a different Calvary Chapel. So anyway... But this is not like a churchy thing if you're Points if you're not religious. You mean Melakalikimaka? Boy, you can say it drunk and I can't even say it sober. <laughs> because I sang it a bunch Melikime- for Melikimaka. Maka me thing say. What do you say next? <laughs> On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. Oh, so you stop singing. <laughs> I sang a little bit. That's enough. <laughs> okay, so. <clears throat> um, so what happened is JD Farag got an email from a person who works in the high-tech industry in Silicon Valley. Hi there. My name is Ralph, and I work in a high-tech industry. And apparently, you know, it said specifically related to RFID at Alien Technology, whatever that means. You know how you can always tell when someone's... I looked up RFID, though. Where did I... Bullshitting about working in Silicon Valley. When? When they call it Silicon Valley. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He didn't, though. Oh, you worked in Silicon Valley. (laughs) Yeah, I've worked in a few of those, too. (laughs) Oh. Ba-bum-ba-ch. I'll see myself out, folks. Make sure to tip your waitresses and try the veal. So probably a lot of people know what RFID means. I did not know, so I looked it up. It means... Like you do. Like I do, because I'm a nerd. Um, It means radio frequency identification. Uh, So RFID. Uh, It means like, you know, a wireless system. You've explained it. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that's that. Progress. Okay. So anyway, this this guy and his business partner got approached to work on a particular project, which they ended up turning down because they didn't want to do this type of stuff. But basically, um, it entails one of 11 things that are current government projects that are currently on the table with DHS. And we have the 11 things, which um, if we'll like connect the uh, JD Frog video. And he has like a screenshot of the DHS website that shows these 11 things, these 11 bullet points or whatever. So... It's a legitimate thing. Um, they're kind of, I think, pretty disturbing. So I'll just read like what the 11 things are, and I figure you will have comments on them. And I know the particular one that the guy was approached on. But anyway, so number one was of the things that are currently on the government's project table was they're working on automated AI distress and monitoring. Automated AI distress and monitoring. Um, JD felt that that meant maybe population surveillance and control. And he said specifically like for all of his, um, little sidebars that he, you know, how he like explained things. He's like, I emailed the guy back and said, here's what I think everything means. Is this correct? And like, he made sure with the guy, like the guy was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's true. So I think this is pretty legit. Um, number two was 
rapidly deployable countermeasures. Let me let me just touch on one real quick. Like, sure. I mean, I think we all know that there, you know, but just I, I found that you should never make assumptions. I, I know that like when I try to help people with writing, I try not to make assumptions and just teach people like they don't know and stuff like that. But why why having an AI run your sort of population surveillance? is really bad is because like if you look at you know china's social credit system like i think everybody assumed that there would be like little chinese people in brown smocks you know reporting on the fact that you threw a gum wrapper on the street Mm -hmm. well if you look around your neighborhood and i know that we can do this in orange county it's a game i play now like how far can i go without passing under a surveillance camera and Mm -hmm. and that ai now has access to that surveillance camera and they're pretty sophisticated so they can get in there and basically do, you know, basically begin to score you as to what kind of quote unquote citizen you are. And we're not talking about the Mickey Mouse Club. We're not talking about being a good helper. They make it sound like that. You know, no, it's going to be a lot of stuff that they that you think is OK and they don't. Yep. And, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, you could think about like gun purchases or, you know, um, but I think it'll get down to the fast food level, you know, like where they'll be able to monitor your credit cards and they'll have access to your health records and they'll be like, Hey, you are 245 and you have no workouts in your Fitbit this week. You cannot use your money at McDonald's. And you'll be like, then you get all hillbilly Joe and be like, bah, 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 that's my money. I can buy whatever I want. I got this here card from the government. I got a Walmart FEMA. And it says, this is my money is digital money. And they're like, no, we just turned it off. You can't use it at McDonald's. That's why what this whole thing is really about is to get to their currency because then they can, their digital currency, which is why they are currently collapsing the economy with the supply chain that I can tell you, I'm looking right out in the port of Los Angeles every time I drive here and they ain't doing jack squat to fix it. In fact, they're doing things to screw it up because they want to move to digital currency because it gets them out of the mess that they've created with our actual finances. And so this AI integration of massive surveillance, AI is problematic. It's not perfect. I think that there, I think that there, there's AI technology we don't know about um, that's actually in place and working. But man, AI gets really cynical about your life mm-hmm. because it's not human. And you can get into Elon Musk territory where, and, and this is a point of where I agree with Elon Musk. Who's not to say if you believe in a spiritual world of good and evil? dress that in any religion you want to but most religions or belief systems and i know even people who are atheists that believe in a spirit world or you know a fourth dimension or things like that well who's not to say that entities from that can't inhabit ais and start making decisions like well all of these children would have eventually been white and um, they would have created you know so much damage with respect to equity so I drove the AI bus off the bridge and drowned all the white children, and therefore civilization is a better place. Yeah. And they can do that with black children, and they can do it with everybody. But you, boy, AI does not think like us. And so the integration of AI into the social credit surveillance cultural system, I mean, that should be an anathema to every American. We should be tearing the cameras out where we find them in the streets and smashing them. We should be stopping this. This that you want to give up your rights, you want to be, you want to wear a slave collar. Let this go through. Can't you do that thing that I've seen on movies and TV where you like 
let's say you come up to it and you're wearing like a ski mask so they can't really see where you, who you are but then you just spray paint it right sure like, but a lot, a lot of the times they put the cameras in inaccessible places oh, yeah. and things like that but really we should be starting a concerted effort to destroy every possible surveillance camera we can find hey and that's how the fbi got involved in my life <laughs> but you know what um, <laughs> it's 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 bad listen listen it's getting really bad o'clock yeah. So it's probably time to start saying, yeah, you, you need to do these things. And obviously the government after Ghislaine has proved that they're just a criminal conspiracy. That oh, they, yeah. You know, like you basically covered up a bunch of citizens getting hurt by powerful rich people. Yeah. You're, you're not a government. You're not there to protect us. A this lot is of not them for the underage citizens. You're, you're there to hurt us. Even worse. So we should hurt your cameras and deny you that ability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for You need sure. me on this podcast, Not to wall. mention... You can handle the truth! Was it? You want the truth! I think that thing that drove me super nuts about it was that the person that was supposed to be fighting for the right side was James Comey's, Comey's daughter. daughter. Comey's I'm like, uh, what? Comey's this total uh, deep state daughter. guy's daughter yeah. is like the person that's supposed to be yeah. fighting for justice? Oh, yeah. it's already and over. And just lanes there like, I can give you names, I can flip on people, and they're like, know. nope! We don't want to hear anybody's name. Oh, you know, the whole time gosh. she's asking that, she's all, please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. <laughs> oh, I know. Because yeah. you know, Comey. That, that, that six foot eight lurch motherfucker. Oh. Sorry, Mom, but that that guy's total. He's, he, he is he, a creep. You know, people. Uh, anyways, he's oh, a creep. He is a total creep. Shall we move to the second one? Sure. <laughs> okay. I think I've gotten Here's enough out. Here's the second thing that DHS is Coffee's hitting the right sweet spot of currently. kicking <laughs> They are also currently working on rapidly deployable countermeasures at protected perimeters and structures, which JD felt that that meant quarantine and concentration camps. I, I definitely think that the, cor- the concentration camp, and they call it the happy health camp or the health hotel or the, the FEMA survival thing, like... That 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 that's happening. That's yeah, absolutely yeah. happening, and that's what actually got I think Dr. Malone kicked off of Twitter this week. The guy who invented mRNA technology has been banned because <laughs> um, apparently Twitter knows more about the vaccine than the guy who invented it. Exactly. Make of that what you will, but as I said on Twitter, um, silencing people doesn't prove that you're right. It just proves that you are a fascist tyrant. So you have that there, but uh, I think what's more insidious about that one and disturbs me is the rapidly deployable countermeasures. Mm -hmm. Now, they're savaging the military. They really are. They want them to all get vaccines, but the vaccines are clearly hurting people. So it's almost as though they are trying to make our soldiers sick. The Marines are just really... uh, They're getting hammered. Their religious exemptions were, were pulled they're pretty upset I think that they were really going to try to hold out, but they're, you know, they're facing, I think it's other than honorable discharge or it's, it's not the full good discharge. And also a lot of guys don't want to be discharged. They wanted to do their time, their 20 years and get their retirement. And they liked the profession of arms and the career. So why should they have to leave over a science experiment project, but they are forcing them out. No, What's insidious about that is we're moving into what I touched on in Control-Alt-Revolt, which are the robot guard dogs. Mm-hmm. And those, again, AI-run dogs. And you can watch the videos and the, and the bots that they have, too. They're upright. 
and I mean they put they're putting you know 6.5 Creedmoor uh, rounds you know weapon systems capable of shooting that caliber in these things yeah. and the they're going to chew the civilian population up or they're going to be able to defend these structures if we want to riot on them or maybe you know s- set gam gam free yeah you know or whatever it is i mean it's gonna it's it's one thing to fight troops because they think like you and they're afraid of getting hurt and you can use things like suppressive fire and shock and awe and all of these kinds of things to like give yourself a momentum to get the other guys to get off the battlefield and give it to you that's what you're trying to do in a war a lot of the times that doesn't work with robot dogs. They'll just be like, send more robot dogs. And those robot dogs, they, they're not going to be afraid. They're not going to retreat. They're not going to react to suppressive fire. They're just going to keep moving and shooting and chewing and jumping and pinning. And it's bad. Like, that's that's a really bad one. Mm-hmm. You know, but that explains why they want to get rid of the police forces and why they want to get rid of the military. Because if you suddenly move to a robot drone army and you're not really worried about a foreign actor dropping an EMP on your army. See, it's uh, the drone stuff still isn't good against a foreign actor because there there are things that they can do with electronic countermeasures to destabilize those things. No, you want a robot drone army for civilian your people uh populist oppression. So that's I think what's most scary about that one. Yeah. Number three was non-invasive and real-time detection of counterfeit microelectronics. So he thought that meant catching fake vax passports remotely and real-time monitoring. And even probably the next step beyond uh, vax passports, whatever that chip whole, you know, bio-identity thing is going to be. Chip Chip, hole. Like the whole chip thing is what I was saying. Prediction. Chip hole becomes... (laughs) (laughs) See? I meant like the whole chip thing. Chip hole becomes a slur. Yeah, chip hole. I'm Casey Kasem on the top 20 apocalypse countdown. Number three is counterfeit passports. Number four is air supply. Air supply is part of the doomsday. No, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what I always knew is that we were always headed towards the passport. And I... My administration has repeatedly said this on yeah. this podcast to the point of, of boorishness. Sure. So, one more time, but with feeling, from the cheap seats, this is how it works. You all need to be vaccinated. You need to have a vaccine card. Oh my gosh, the poors are counterfeiting the vaccine card. Whatever will we do? Okay, let's have an electronic vaccine card that they put on their phone, like an app. Oh my gosh, the poors are counterfeiting apps. Well, I guess there's only one thing we can do. We could do like the aliens do, which is probably really the CIA, and stick a chip in their butt. (laughs) Except I have an idea. I think I read it in the Bible or something, but let's put it in their hand or their forehead because they they could try to dig it out of their butt, but they're probably not going to dig it out of their hand because you know what? It really hurts to dig stuff out of your hand. Does it? Oh, yeah. You have wow. so many nerve endings, like, in the bottom. And believe me, as a guy right now who has kind of something going on with one wrist, mm-hmm. uh, the top of your hand's no picnic either. Because I always imagine and you know that's what, where it would be, right? You know where you're never going to dig it out of? Your head. That's true. Yeah. No one's going to be fooling with their head. Yeah. You know? So this is not going to be total recall where you're reaching up there with the snaz retractor machine and digging it out and blah, blah, blah. No. 
So it was always headed towards biological insertion. It's just we had to go through all these charades of are you va- like like who's vaccinated? No one knows. There is a list, and I think they know who mm-hmm. is vaccinated for sure. It has nothing to do with that card you're carrying. It has everything to do with AI surveillance and blah, blah, blah. But let me just tell you why it's all bullshit. They've been vaccinating kids without their parents' permission at pizza parties. So what are the kids getting a card? No, the kids are told not to tell anybody. No, the the kids are getting electronically surveillanced and most likely tagged, biometrically tagged. The vaccination, and here's where we get into crazy town. Put on your tinfoil hats, chat. The vaccination is actually tagging you. I think that's very likely. So, but we have to go through the charade of, oh no, the poor's learned how to forfeit the cards. Oh no, the poor's learned how to forfeit the app. Guess we need to use a biological insert. I mean, forge rather than forfeit, but yeah. Yeah, forfeit. You know the word, (laughs) you know the thing. Come on, man. (laughs) Exactly. So number four that the... DHS is currently working on broadband push to talk interoperability platform. And he thought that meant interrupting and censoring of the internet and cellular communication. And then I kind of asked you about it and I thought we had a, maybe also a slightly different well, idea. I mean, what that might the mean. push to talk was, was interesting because that's just mm-hmm. really a common, you know, radio communication term and stuff like that. But it's, and, and so you got to remember when you're working in sort of these DARPA things and everything like that, you can't put like evil plan to take over the world, you know, genocide, you know, let's sterilize all the, the sheep so no one can have mutton. Like something really, you have to like cloak it in these sort of bullshit terms. And then when someone accepts that, then they get that, hey, here's what we're trying to do. And then because of Snowden and guys like him with a conscience, and I'm not always a Snowden fan, but you know, I'm just saying there are people who have consciousness and turn away from the dark diabolical stuff they're asked to do. And so what they have to do is they have to use sort of this like super non-threatening friendly language to get it to 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 find the sociopath with the right intelligence level that they need to craft this next sort of end of the world program that they need online by Tuesday. Um so what they say in that one, one more time, I'll give you the broadband, keyword, broadband, interruption. Push to talk interoperability platform. Right. So what they're trying to do with that is they're trying to cut down, one, people's inability to communicate by not allowing them to transmit. That's what it means by push to talk. They want to stop people's ability to transmit. Why are they doing that? Because the really safe money by people who are smart right now is you are very rapidly approaching uh, within the next six months, most likely... Um, a massive internet out, outage that'll be done by MAGA terrorists or Russians or maybe even the Chinese, and you're going to lose the internet. It's mm. going to be really bad. We didn't do it or anything like that. Yeah. Obama didn't put put in a kill switch during his administration. No way. Even though he talked about but it. But there's all these ham radio operators out there who are kind of all resistance freaks. Mm. And then there's people like me who've bought Baofeng radios and, you know, like people who have little, you know, like, so what they're trying to do is implement a program. And this was a while ago. Um, where they can shut down your ability to transmit and also interrupt radio communication when they, they don't like it. Mm. That's a big, that's like, you know, like AM and FM radio 
are some of the biggest threats to them and ham radio operators and, and have been. Mm. So it'll it'll be why do you have to have a a, ha- a license to have a ham radio? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I never there's there's it. no class. There's no nothing. You have to pay a fee and you have to be licensed. So why do you think you have to? Because they want to know where you're at. Oh. That's the only reason. Interesting. So that they can come and smash your radio and probably jam something in your forehead and take you off to the happy hotel camp for a dark winter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number five. You were sick, you know. That's you were, Oh, yeah. yeah. You were very sick. <laughs> you had OmegaCon. Or at least you were around someone that was sick. You so were around you're, someone was sick. You're so we had to case. we had to shoot your dog, take your gun, smash your radio, and have you spend two weeks in a quarantine hotel, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. That's what's coming. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's already coming. Australia and other places. It's definitely Australia. Um, number five was. Entitled. I'm not familiar with the term Australia. I now refer to it as crap Australia. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Number five was called um, a step towards agent agnostic detection of biological hazards. So JD so, thought that meant monitoring of and executing of chemical biowarfare. Right. But we talked about it. We already it. have all that stuff, and that's called nuclear biological chemical warfare. The unfortunate part is it's very specific. Yeah. So you have to know what you're looking for. We already kind of have this with the helicopter sniffers that if you pay attention to all the guys who flight follow uh, throughout the, the, the day and, you know, like like monkey works and things like that, they'll pretty much tell you every day where the sniffers are. Um, what they want now, and I think another one of these touches on this, is, is a wearable device that that goes for everything. Yeah. but And so it was the word agnostic in this that I thought was weird. And when I asked you about it, I think you just kind of explained right. why. It's not specific. What that means it, is that it's It's any chemical agent because they're getting ready. And then if you believe the chemtrail people, they already are. Um, they're getting ready to use chemical agents on mass sections of the population, most likely just to keep the, the, the Omega Con going. COVID. Omicron? Yeah. Omicron? I, I don't know. Call whatever, whatever, you know, whatever bullshit name you want to make up. Rupticon, Decepticon, <laughs> Optimus Primusicon. You know, they should see, again, a branding thing. Why don't you give it a fun name? <laughs> oh, man, I got Starscream. <laughs> and, uh, that, was a, that was an Autobot. Oh, you got Starscream? I haven't gotten Starscream yet. <laughs> Let me see if I can reach down and Collect find them one all. more Autobot name. Starscream. <laughs> I liked one of the evil robots that was a tape recorder because he had a Cylon voice, but I can't remember what his name was. Oh, the tape recorder sounds familiar, though, because my brother yeah. was into Transformers and he yeah. had all like, the The tape the recorder toys. would eject out of his like chest yeah. and it would be like a robot dog. <laughs> You know, but it was like that Operation Warfare, cool. you know, and you're like, that's badass. Why are you working for the Decepticons? So who was like Megatron? Wasn't he a bad guy? Megatron like was bad. Main bad guy? Starscream was bad. Okay. Bumblebee was good. <laughs> I don't remember Bumblebee. <laughs> Optimus Prime was good. I remember that name. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. That's all I remember. <laughs> that's all I, I remember, I wasn't a big too. Autobot fan. I like G.I. Joe. Yeah. Okay, number six was streamlined airport checkpoint screening for limited mobility passengers. Well. So that is the limited mobility passengers that I was like, what? What does that mean? I get the streamlined airport checkpoint screening, but why for limited mobility passengers? The one that, and I could be wrong, but the one that jumps out on to me is this is going to be 
people in chains on flights. Yeah, I mean, this is this is gonna be the modern incarnation of the boxcars. Yeah, because I'm like, what? Yeah. I get, yeah, again, like I get, okay, you want streamlined airport airport checkpoint screening? Yeah, okay. Why all the limited mobility passengers? What? Like that's weird. Cause because currently be, that's not a big thing. Like, because they'll either be chemically so like, incapacitated, what? they'll be quarantined, or they'll actually be in chains. But they're probably going to some place out in the Utah desert. Yeah. Or in Eastern California, where they'll be processed for health. Yeah. The evil unvax. The evil, the dirty unvax. Yeah. You go back and listen to that Joe Biden thing where he tells the vaccinated, that, you guys have done right this winter by doing everything you can to the unvaccinated. I say, you're about to bring an age of death and darkness on the world and health department and amen and camping. <laughs> hey, how old is that little boy over there? I want to talk to him. I'm losing my mind. Oh, man. I wish. <laughs> I know. We're not going there, Secret Service. Nice try, buddy. <laughs> okay, number. But I mean, come on, Secret Service. He's clearly a child molester. I know. Like, it's no longer cute that he asks about children. It's weird, man. Yeah. It's really weird. Every time he stops the middle of a speech, he goes, How old are you over there? Talk to me after the show. You're like, The show? Talk to you after the show? What parent would let them within what? But then again, there are parents who just, they live to sell their children to the elite so that they can you know, get upgraded into the first class of hell system. You are totally right. And just as a reminder to bring it back to the beginning of the show, the whole cover up of the Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell thing. Yeah, they do know. They do know. And they're okay with it, even though none of us are. Here's the thing that blows, that blew my mind today that someone did. This guy that we're listening to, he goes, hey, let's talk about Dennis Hastert. Remember him? And I'm like, not really. Mm-mm, I didn't know Yeah, either. no one remembers Dennis Hastert. And even during the entire Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein thing, no one mentioned the former Speaker of the House before Nancy Pelosi, who was, as the judge put it, a serial molester mm-hmm. and went to prison for it. The Speaker of the House was a serial child molester and went to prison. And, it, and oh, and, and was a Republican. Yeah. Was a Republican. And in all this time, the Democrats haven't made any hay out of that. Mm-hmm. See, that's super weird. Why? Because they're all child molesters. Yeah, exactly. They all have to do it to upgrade. Yeah. Um, and I think they said he was arrested in 2007. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe this happened in like like the yesterday. 60s or 70s, yeah. like before no. I was born. Oh, no, this did happen no. in 2007. I don't, I, I never know. heard of, I don't even remember his name, which is so weird. I know. I mean, I wasn't super into politics then, but I was into it a little bit. Like, a little bit. I don't know. It's weird that I don't All right. We have abused these that. people's time enough. Like what, what's, let's give it, let's, let's, let's post these in okay. the, the comments. Let's do the let's, final Let's do the final one because that was important. And, and this yeah. is the one that the actual guy was emailed about to work on which he declined but but we'll post all these in the comments and you guys can read them yeah and we'll post the video in case you want to watch it like the one that we watched but number seven was a mass fatality tracking system mfts um and that's creepy yeah because the government's so (laughs) interested in mass fatality systems because you never stop hearing about las vegas you never stop hearing about everything that went there no 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 like the mass fatality tracking system is they're going to pull some major stuff and a lot of people are going to die in mass because people have kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I mean, there is kind of a fear and paranoia with a lot of people with Omegacron 
But a lot of people are like over it. They don't care. The people that I encounter are over it and they don't care. Yeah. And but so the only move that the globalists have next is is to um, is basically to be your dad on a car ride. You know, like if you don't quit screwing around, if you get if you don't quit freedoming in the back of the car, I'm coming back there. <laughs> you know, and they, apparently the globalists are going to pull this car over to the side of the road and they're going to shove some smallpox into the back of the freedom seat where Freedom Nicole is trying to creep on my side of the seat, you know, exactly. with our freedoms. OK, wait, I have to read number eight, too. It's really interesting. She must. I'm just going to be fast. Next generation semiconductor based spectroscopic personal radiation detectors. It's the last part that I think is interesting. I don't understand all the first words because I'm not a science person totally, but personal radiation detectors basically is like uh what? Well, okay, so we already Why? we already have this in Geiger counters. Okay. But everybody knows the Geiger counter sign and the Geiger counter is a device that you have to carry around. Okay. Again, a lot of these technology applications are seemingly innocuous until you find out that these people may want to do these without people knowing. They Mm -hmm. want it in the app version. They want it as an insert. They want, it's the personal aspect. That's the key word. Mm -hmm. You, you, you go around with a Geiger counter. Everybody knows you have a Geiger counter. Ah. They want something that lets the one person. And again, this is, this is very globalist elite thinking. Everything is designed for them and them alone. Mm-hmm. Ghislaine Maxwell's trial was for them and them alone. It was not for the American people. It was not for the pursuit of truth and justice. It was not for the children and girls who were molested. It was not for anyone but themselves. And if you look at these applications, it is for nothing but themselves. You do not have a government. You do not have a civilization. You are currently living in a mob-run neighborhood by a bunch of people who aren't satisfied with fleecing up to 50% of your income have now decided, and their lackeys have decided, that all the money that you have is yours, is theirs. That your children are theirs. That your property, you didn't build that, is theirs. It isn't enough. As, as a friend of mine, Michael Bunker, likes to say, hell and the sea are, are, are never full. And I, I would think about that and I would think about that in spiritual terms and I would go, yes, yes, with the terms of like, you know, people getting out of control in their lives about things. Yes, that's true. But never have I seen in a culture such a graphic example of hell and the sea are never full in this insatiable lust to own and control everything and seem incapable of even restraining themselves now and probably and we sit here and go, why aren't they restraining themselves? Why aren't they thinking, boy, we've tried to control people too much. We'll probably lose 2022. Boy, we've probably stolen enough money. If we keep stealing money and we keep tanking the economy, we'll actually turn the entire civilization into shit and we'll be the owners of all the shit. So maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we've stolen enough. You know, like a sane, rational, common sense person would say, no, they're addicts. They're out of control. They're going to control you now because that's all that they can do. And they're going to keep finding new ways to control you. They're going to keep stealing until there's nothing that we have left to steal. Until you're down to the choice of paying your taxes or feeding your children. And that still won't be enough for them. Then they will start to steal for each other. And that's when they'll start using nuclear weapons on each other. Not nations, on each other. Within city-states, within Silicon Valley. They will start to do these things because they're like, 
drunks who cannot drink enough. They will go get the vanilla extract out of the cupboard and drink it because it has some amount of alcohol left. They're insane. And that is the podcast for the year. We started this in April, at the end of April, and we made it to December 31st. And we have basically done 121 podcasts, which is like 117 more podcasts than I actually thought we would do. (laughs) Congratulations. Congratulations. What did we do right? We did these podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, What are the benefits of this? Well, we got to meet everybody. I've really enjoyed all the comments and everything like that. We've learned a lot. People have sent us on a lot of hairy trails, and I hope that that continues in the new year. What did we do wrong? I'm still working on the NFTs for the insiders and I'm going to get that done. And I think that's going to be really cool for the people who subscribe to the program. You're going to get a personal piece of art from me. That's an NFT. And so, you know, when I'm gulagged or carried away or martyred or whatever, that NFT could be significantly worth more as much as $2. And you know (laughs) what? You might need that NFT to trade something for a can of soup in this post economy world that they're driving us into. Maybe you could trade it for a magazine full of 7.62. I don't know. What would you say we did right this year? Sounds good. Um, well, I think that we researched things that we felt were important, and then we shared them. And people can either think they're important too, or they can think they're not important. But we did our best by sharing what we thought was pertinent and important in this crazy time. And that's all we can do. And then people can take it or leave it. But uh, I think that was cool. And I think most people uh, also maybe agreed and enjoyed it and also commented and engaged in the discussion. And that was really cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was a great year of podcasting. And we will see you on the other side. Happy New Year.